0: Raving Lunatic Media presents Game Face, hosted by Matt Ruckstar and nosy Nico Fresh. Hey, 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 it's Matt Ruckstar, and welcome back to Game Face. Along with me, I got the nosiest of the Nico Freshes. How you doing, Nico? What's going on, Matt? I can't believe it's been a week already. Yeah, it's kind of been actually a little bit. Like, it by really slow but we were talking about it literally every single day
1: so. so it feels like it
0: went really fast exactly like I don't know how to describe it other than we've been nonstop thinking about doing episode 2 yeah <laughs> Um, so if you don't know who we are, we are two members now of Raving Lunatic Media. Uh, we are the Resident Basketball slash sports podcast here on Raving Lunatic Media. If you are interested in some of the other things that Raving Lunatic Media has to offer, like Sci-Fi Malady, Zodiac Task Force, Cold Case Chase, Quick Rants, or Tales from the Janitor, you can go ahead and check those all out. They are anywhere on podcasting platforms. But today we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about. I'm going to get a lot angrier in a couple minutes. Yeah, you are. Um, we're going to be talking some of the offseason power rankings, which are also going to make me insanely angry for no reason. And then we're going to redraft. Uh, in muster bust today, the 2017 draft. I can't wait for that draft. That was a great draft, according to you. <laughs> according to I think everybody. Uh, I think I think we each got a player in this draft that we both really shoot for, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but with our first little segment here in the A block, we're gonna be playing a little bit of around the Horn.
1: All right, so this past week, Houston Astros pitcher Framber Valdez threw a no-hitter against the Cleveland Guardians. He struck out seven guys and came within one walk of a perfect game. It was the third no-hitter of the season and the 16th in Astros history. I know whenever there's a guy throwing a no-hitter and he gets into, like, the seventh inning, I get a notification on my phone from, like, every app that I have. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey, this guy's throwing a no-hitter. And then, like, a minute later, ah, oh, it got broken up. So when I saw this one, I was like, eh, ah, it's not going to happen but it happens so that's pretty cool. I was uh, when you were talking about this the other day, I was like, "Man, how often
0: does like a no-hitter happen?" But I feel like it's like the NBA equivalent of hitting like
1: a full court shot. Like Yeah, probably. It probably happens every uh, two three times a year. Like it's not common, but it's not uncommon. <laughs> I remember a couple years ago there was a no-hitter like every freaking month. So it kind of got watered down, but we haven't well, seen one in a bit. Well, yeah, there was. There's
0: also like the the people who like to say like, oh, these two people combined for a no hitter. That's not a no hitter. That's not a, yeah. That, that doesn't count. A no hitter a, is one guy. That's a fake no hitter. Yeah. Also, question: Did Tim Wakefield ever throw a no hitter? Fortunately, no. Or was I, that I, was that just
1: a thing that I put in my brain? That's the thing you put in your brain. <laughs> Dang I it! I love Tim Wakefield, but no, he never threw one. Oh, Wakey boy! What else you got for me, Nico? The August first MLB trade deadline saw. So, so some pretty big moves as ace pitchers Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer got shipped out by the New York Mets. They had a, they had a fire sale. Ooh. Verlander goes back to Houston, where he won two World Series titles in five years, while Max goes to a Texas Rangers team that's loading up for the stretch drive without Jacob DeGrom, who they got as a free agent last year, who was out for the season after having Tommy John. What's a Tommy John? That's elbow surgery. Oh, uh, So for a pitcher, that's no bueno. Is it bad that I thought
0: Tommy John was what you get on your Johnson? <laughs> like that's just like a Johnson surgery? Just no, like. no, it's not that. I mean, with with uh, with Degrom, I mean, he probably has a couple <laughs> a couple surgeries he needs to get down there too. Um, what else
1: you got for me? So the Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup, he's going to miss a few weeks with a hamstring injury, but he should probably be back in time for the Rams' week week one matchup with Seattle. Which would be good news for Rams fans and fantasy managers like me last year alike. I could tell you maybe
0: two people I had on my fantasy NFL team. I remember we—I think I traded you Dak last year, didn't I? You did because I was my team is always Dak attack for no reason think, or something like I that. I think I got um, Jamar Chase from you. You probably did. Yeah. <laughs> I know three things about football, maybe. And all and, three of those things are rules about football. And you won the league
1: last year somehow. I did. You had no <laughs> idea what you were doing and you won the league. I forgot you won the league until I was looking like, oh, who won the league? It was you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: I'm pretty good at this football thing. I just look at the names and I go, I know well, that guy. You look like you're pretty
1: cool. <laughs> like I, my entire team is people I'd hang out with. <laughs> Minus two, I mean, I still got Tom Brady and Gronk on my team. I I signed Gronk for ha-has at the end of the year, just in case he came back, but not going to happen. Yeah, (laughs) I don't think so. Um, So I'm about to make you really, really mad here. So uh we're going to go into a couple of the NBA moves, one from a little bit ago, one that happened this afternoon. (sighs) So Jalen Brown. He got five years and 304 million from the Celtics. I'm no math guy, but it's about 60 million a year. It okay, I'm about to get
0: insanely mad, and I'm not even a Celtics fan. (laughs) I know you are, and I don't know why you aren't super angry at this. I'm not pleased with it, but I'm not like you about it. So, here is my big thing first of all. We mentioned this kind of a little bit in the last episode. Just Jalen Brown got a huge bag. I mean, good for the guy just in general. I mean, go get your money. I mean, you can't dribble in the playoffs, but hey, you you know what? In the regular season. Yeah, you can't dribble to drive to save your life. Jalen Brown should not be the highest paid player on the Celtics. I know that Tatum's contract is coming up next year. Which is insane because if you look at it just by a skill standpoint, that means that Tatum should be pulling in more money than Jalen Brown is. Correct? Yeah. So let's take a look at this. Kristaps Porzingis also makes like what thirty million a year? He'll be making yeah thirty million a year. So let me get this just correct. Seventy to eighty percent of your money is going to be going towards three people. The Celtics better win the NBA championship this year, or this is the going to be one of the worst contracts in NBA history. Like when Mike Conley got his bag back in the day, like, I mean, I felt the same way. I was like, good for him, but he's probably going to get shipped out soon. And two years later, what happened? He got shipped
1: out for, uh, John Morant to kind of take his place I don't think anybody who gets the biggest contract in the league is necessarily worth it unless you're Connor McDavid in the NHL he's definitely worth it but like guys who reset the market every couple years it's never really worth it like Mike Trout I think he reset the market in in the MLB he's worth it but every time a team has that really good player it doesn't work out like they got Trout and Otani they've never done anything Every every offseason, there's a quarterback in the NFL. He'll reset the market and then either gets injured or it just doesn't quite work out. With Brown, I think it's just kind of the cost of doing business. Like, yeah, you don't want to lose the guy. He does have some flaws, but I think you just have to do it in order to have a player. I think he made an All-NBA second team. Could be thirteen. We kind of disagreed on that. We yeah. figure it out. Time to figure it out. Yeah, you go figure that out. But I think it's just what you got to do. Like Tatum, yeah, he may get 70 mil a year. That's a lot of money. But it's kind of what you got to deal with, with when you have great players like that. Now, I'm not calling Jalen Brown a great player per se, but guys like that, I think you just got to pay up.
0: Yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm looking at an article right now trying to see – Uh, So, last year, Jalen Brown averaged career highs in points and also rebounds, and he tied his career high in assists with 26.6, 5.7 rebounds, and 3.7 assists. So, obviously, I think he's worth a pretty big contract. However, the Celtics are painting themselves in a freaking corner right now, and they have no way for getting out because Tatum is eligible for a five-year $318 million Supermax contract next summer. You're telling me, you're telling me that you are going to pay Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that much money for you guys to maybe make the conference finals again.
1: They definitely, I think they have the most pressure on them this year to win. Like Milwaukee, yeah. Phoenix is another one. I think Phoenix and Boston, all the moves that Phoenix made getting Kevin Durant, getting Bradley Beal teaming him up with D-Book, I think they have the most pressure to win this year. Yeah. And also,
0: by the way, uh, he did make the second team. You are correct. Yeah. So, like, it's just infuriating to me that the Celtics are literally doing this to themselves and every single year... The Celtics fans are going to get up in arms and they're going to say, Oh, we're going to win the chip this year. There's no way that we lose. When you have maybe five players, you like me and Nico earlier today, we're trying to go, What's the Celtics starting five? Like very genuinely. And then we finally settled on a lineup of Brogdon White, Jalen Brown at the three, Jason Tatum at the four, and Chris Depps at the five. That is not an NBA championship team. I think it's a decent playoff team at least. Yes. I think it's a middling team that maybe makes it past the second round but it is not an
1: nba championship team i know we can beat philly with that team like we subtracted marcus smart added porzingis i think we can still beat philly miami Mm. team like that jimmy butler he just kind of has people's number in the league (laughs) and we're kind of one of them which i don't like i love jimmy butler but i can't stand playing that guy i have my jimmy butler jersey in my closet right now (laughs) it's somewhere
0: over there um but yeah, like this is just a terrible contract. It is not going to go over well. And in three years, when all the Celtics fans realize how bad this contract is and are like, "Get Jalen Brown out of Boston," it honestly might start next summer. And I feel like that's when it's going to happen. And Jalen Brown was already unhappy in Boston. I really don't know why he resigned.
1: Year. He keeps like hating on the city, how he doesn't like. It. I know he's kind of turned back on it now, saying he wants to invest in the city and everything, which is cool. But yeah, he can invest uh, $304 million <laughs> in yeah, the yeah. city. <laughs> but he was going off about the city, how he didn't like it and everything. I'm like, okay, then we'll trade you for like a point guard or something. And then what you guys <laughs> clearly need. And then he goes in limbo for about a month or two, not signing the contract. I thought talks fell through. And all of a sudden, like, he signed it. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is just a very confusing time for. Everybody, I think the Celtics just felt pressured. They're like, oh, "Well, definitely. well, we can't just give up Jalen
1: Brown. We you can't be like the Red Sox and every time a star player gets to near free agency, let him go or trade him." Yeah, because everyone gets frustrated with you.
0: Yeah, you have to at Un- some point bite a bullet, but this was the wrong bullet to bite. This is an
1: expensive bullet to bite.
0: Yeah, and next year when J- Jason Tatum takes three hundred and what was it, eighteen million dollars? Yeah. It's going to be bad. And you guys are going to be extremely screwed. But let's move on to this next contract, which
1: also infuriates me. I really don't like this one. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, who is always on the bench injured, gets, what's this? three Three years, 186 mil at 62 a year.
0: This one also really infuriates me. But y'all know what? It's okay. It's it's more okay to me because it's the Lakers and I don't like the Lakers. (laughs) Um, Anthony Davis is basically getting paid uh, basically $31 million a year to play actual games and $31 million a year to get paid to sit on the bench being injured. This man... Has the nickname Anthony Data Davis for a reason. Street clothes. Yeah, he he's... It's... Somehow this guy just got this contract. Like, obviously the reputation in the league, I can understand it. And when he's legitimately healthy, he is a great player. I think he's a top 25 player in the league. When you get down to brass tacks, I would... Probably take him over a lot of the other big men in this league. When healthy. When healthy. That's the biggest thing. When healthy, he is a great player. But newsflash, he's not that healthy. (laughs) And and, and somehow he gets 62 a year.
1: That's that's a lot.
0: Three years, too. And he's getting pretty up there in age. Do you want to age check him for me real quick while I continue to rant? Like... Underneath these two contracts, I wrote just oh boy, it's time to rant because these two are probably the worst two players to get these type of contracts. Just an injured player and a player who really has something to prove. It's it's not good for for the NBA. Did you okay, find it Anthony out? Anthony
1: Davis was born in 1993, so that he's he turned 30. He he's, turned 30 he's this year. 30, so
0: his contract is now through the uh, 33. He'll be 33 by the time his contract ends, which isn't bad. Like, it's not bad at all. Like, age-wise, like, I think he kind of lines up with where the Lakers are currently. But, but,
1: man has been injured over half his career, basically. I remember in, like, 2017, he had that Celtic rumor. I was pumped. I could see him in green. I think we had Kyrie then. I was dreaming about Kyrie Irving lobs up to Davis. I remember, I think I annoyed the crap out of you with that. I'm pretty sure that was the year
0: that everybody was like, oh, Gordon Hayward for... um for anthony davis i want to say that's right because i remember you coming in with like trades to me and i'm like no way they actually do that (laughs) and then he got traded to the lakers which was the plan the entire time because lebron walked into practice one day and was like you're getting traded and you're getting traded and you're getting traded (laughs) it's it's just Fantastical in in the NBA right now, Nico. I can't wait until you guys go over that like second limit because now there's the new CBA. Yeah, what deal. what happens if you
1: do go over those? You
0: lose second round picks and you can't take on more money in trades. Okay. So it's like not that much of a big deal. I mean, like you can only get so many Dream on Greens or Nikola Jokic's or even Dylan Brooks's in the second round. Or even Malcolm Brogdon. Like, you can only get so many of those in the second round. And the Celtics are notoriously
1: bad pickers outside of the top five. So... Yeah, all those picks in, like, 2019 didn't work. I remember Romeo Langford... They draft this guy. I'm like, who the heck is that? I wanted bull, bull. Who else did you get? Aaron Niesmith. Aaron Neesmith. Uh, I think we got Peyton Pritchard in Peyton the first Pritchard
0: round. Peyton Pritchard was a first round pick. I mean, he kind of has somehow he, he stuck, stuck around. around.
1: Somehow he all of those. I think they call him the Danny Ainge Baby Boomers or something. Yeah. Of um, yeah, it was Langford and yeah, Grant Williams was like a second round pick, and somehow Pritchard just like stuck around.
0: Yeah, it's weird to me that like you have all of these like guys and and it was almost a running joke for us like oh who do you think the celtics are gonna pick oh another wing (laughs) wing. (laughs) they just they drafted jason tatum and jalen brown they're like guys we found
1: it (laughs) we found the (laughs) formula we found the formula it's wing 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 (laughs) that's kind of when the whole positionless basketball thing really got steamed so everyone was like oh wings yeah yeah it they should have taken a
0: uh, chicken sandwich stop because uh the wing need to stop <laughs> wing stop baby this podcast is not sponsored by wing stop and i've never actually eaten at a wing stop but i hear they're pretty good I don't, i've never had it either do you want to try wing stop with Sh- me sure <laughs> what are you doing after this besides obviously crapping your guts out from chipotle earlier <laughs> chipotle was pretty good yeah. it was pretty good we are also not sponsored by chipotle but chipotle if you would like to sponsor us i will happily take a chipotle sponsorship but i think that's it for around the horn a lot of news a lot of ranting but we're gonna end off here uh and we're gonna be right back after a word from our sponsors for the b
2: block hi you don't know me but i'm the creator of a walk with ghost A Walk With Ghost is an audio drama where we hear the legend of a stranger being told to a radio host. A good-looking radio host? (laughs) Right, a good-looking radio host. Who only tells the best news and gets the best stories. Do, Do you want to do this? Yes, let the professional do it. In this story, you will hear about life and love, death and birth, beautiful moments and somber occasions... You may reconsider your thoughts as the story is told from multiple people, and you will hear many stories. Plus, as the main character of the show, you get to hear my lovely voice. I'll take it from here. You can listen to it on all audio outlets. A Walk With Ghost is a 45-part drama series. Keep moving forward.
0: and we're back with game face welcome back everybody and uh nico what are we about to do for this b block we're about to rank some power rankings (laughs) rank some power
1: rankings you want to explain to me what we're actually like about to do so these power rankings are from nbc sports uh after free agency after the draft they ranked all the teams and we're gonna rank their ranking
0: yeah i'm interested to see where this goes it has their records from last year on here i see as well as a lot of the notable off-season moves uh we'll kind of go into depth with like the first first couple um maybe we'll just go through 10 today who knows um and then we'll see where we
1: get from there so without further ado nico take it away so number one is the phoenix suns they traded Chris Paul in the offseason to Golden State. They signed Bradley Beal, Utah Wantanabe, Eric Gordon, Drew Eubanks, and Keita Bates-Diop. What do you think about them being number one? Well, first of all, they
0: traded Chris Paul to Washington. That's true. And then, and then he went to the Golden he, State. He somehow got the bounce to one of the best teams in the league. Um, Phoenix Suns, I think, with a bullet right now, should be either one or two. Um, Kevin Durant and Booker are probably one of the best combos you can have in the game right now. One might call them a nasty combo. (laughs) Um, so you really kind of take a look at this team and you see a lot of promise in it. Utah Watanabe, who's Kevin Durant's guy. You see uh, a lot of the weird like signings on the edges that they've done, which kind of builds out the team. It's going to take a lot though. Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal and Booker and Ayton can
1: only really do so much. Yeah, they're relying on those starters a lot. They beefed up their bench a little bit. I, I think they, yeah, they're definitely a top team. Number one, I don't know. I saw that Bradley Beal's going to be playing point two.
0: Interesting. Which is extremely interesting, which means that. And it um, makes sense because Book
1: can play off ball
0: yeah i'm thinking more of the taller variety of guards too like
1: yeah those are tall guards i'm pretty sure ben
0: simmons tall yeah i'm pretty sure bradley beale's six four and i'm pretty sure booker's six five so like that's an interesting combo yeah it's it's gonna be a fun year i think it's also gonna depend a lot on who's starting for them especially at that three spot or sorry, uh, the four spot for them because obviously they have their one, two, three figured out with Beal, Booker, and KD. Their four spots gonna seem pretty interesting. And then and down low at the five. I'm super surprised, honestly, that Aiton is still on this team and they have not traded him quite yet. Um seeing as how he almost just kind of left the team to go to the pacers in the
1: offseason. <laughs> yeah, I really expected them to get rid of him in the offseason. And a lot of it's hinging on Kevin Durant staying healthy. Like, he was oh, injured, yes. I think, when they got him from Brooklyn, and he's got to stay healthy. But if he does, definitely a title contender.
0: Yeah, if Kevin Durant can stay healthy, that's the biggest if. And it's if Bradley Bill buys into this system, because hes I'm not going to put any words in people's mouths or anything, but he seems like a pretty selfish player. Um, at least when he was on the Wizards. I mean, he didn't really have anybody else on the Wizards. Yeah, he didn't
1: have a need to be unselfish.
0: Yeah, I mean, when Kuz and and Tangus Pangus came over, like you had those moments where you saw it like, man, Chris Stapps is really going off right now. Or, oh man, Kuz is on fire, but Bradley
1: Beal keeps taking the ball. (laughs) (laughs) What might help is that um, they fired Monty Williams. I'm not sure who their new coach is, but they're going to have a new coach. New yeah. system, so he can kind of integrate this big four. You know, big three and a half, big four. If you want to count Aiton in there, who is their new coach? I I have no idea. Uh, you you
0: kind of keep talking for a second. I'm gonna figure out who the Suns' new coach is. <laughs> uh, keep talking, I said. <laughs> I got nothing Uh, how's their bench situation? It's Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel is their new coach, which is going to be really interesting. Former Laker coach Frank Vogel. Didn't he coach LeBron? He did coach LeBron. I think that was the year they won the chip, actually. That sounds right.
1: In the bubble. So, moving on from Phoenix a little bit. uh, Number two, we got the defending champion Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Really, all that happened to them in the offseason is they lost Bruce Brown. They're kind of just running it back.
0: Yeah, this is... This is a good place for the Nuggets to be. I think that the, like I said before, the top two with a shot, like you can switch them either way. Suns Nuggets. I wouldn't be mad if you had the Suns first. I wouldn't be mad if you had the Nuggets first. The Suns obviously have a lot of promise, but I mean, you saw what happened in Brooklyn. Like, you look at three that. Three years ago, they th- were they three were, years. They were the number were one in power them. rankings. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it was an experiment gone wrong. We're about to see if experiment part 2 is going to pay out for them, but especially with the Nuggets. The Nuggets are have just been so have this continuity to them that just year after year after year. The only piece they're really losing is Bruce Brown, and Bruce Brown while he was an amazing part of this team, He wasn't the linchpin. I mean, you look at the other Brown on the team, Christian Brown, where,
1: like, he did amazing in the playoffs this past year. Yeah, Denver, they're just so methodical. Like, you don't really think about him. Like, obviously, you hear about Jokic a lot, but even him, he's so methodical. Not flashy. Jamal Murray's probably the flashiest guy or Aaron Gordon. (laughs) on that team. Oh, Aaron Gordon, you mean the guy who literally murdered a person on the court last year? <laughs> <laughs> Jumped over him? Literally. But they kind of just quietly go about their business and end up a top two seed in the West I... and not walk into the conference final, but make it to the conference final. Yeah. And just, they're, they're a solid Team. I think the biggest person you really have to
0: look at on this team to see where everything is going to go is Michael Porter Jr. If he has another great year like he did last year and just keeps improving, then they're they're like a no duh to pencil in for the finals. Yeah. However, if he has a terrible year and or an injury filled year, which he has had,
1: then it might be a case where the Nuggets are fighting a little bit. Yeah, definitely uh, a lot. Um... Riding on MPJ. So moving on to number three, my boys, you're not going to like this, nah. the Boston Celtics. This is way too high. Traded, is... traded Marcus Smart basically for Porzingis and then signed Porzingis for the two-year $60 million deal. I think it's a little high for the Celtics. This is obviously way Personally, too high. I
0: love it. This is way, way too high. I would maybe have the Celtics in like a higher ver- uh, a higher tier of the seven to ten. So or sorry, uh uh five to ten.
1: I, I, think, so like, I think five's pretty fair for
0: them. Like Anywhere between five to ten, I could see for the Celtics because that's maybe in the higher ranking of it. Theoretically, the conference final. Yeah, I don't see how you can look at this team and go, "Yep, this is this is the third best team in the NBA." When you got rid of your best defensive player, one of your best facilitators, as well as the heart of your team in Marcus Smart, and you took on a player who's known to be injured, a player who has known to be kind, not a bust by any means, but kind of a mediocre player in Chris And you signed him for $30 million for I think I think the off-court
1: stuff with Marcus Smart is a little overblown. Like, obviously, yeah, he's a great leader, but really skill wins games. That is, that is true. And they got plenty of it with Tatum, with Brown, even Porzingis went healthy. He had a, Career year last year. He stayed healthy. So that was because he was playing with the Wizards, though. <laughs> yeah, because Bradley Beal had the ball the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we talked about them a lot in the first segment. So we'll kind of move on a little bit here to number four, the Milwaukee Bucks. In the offseason, they got Malik Beasley and lost Javon Carter. The Bucks got better. Like Adal- a-
0: adding Malik Threesley to this team really helps them. The way that they play, and I think. You can say people figured out Giannis every single day of the year. It's not going to help them any bit when Giannis comes trucking down the lane yeah, you can't for a dunk. You can't. You really can't. And adding more three-point shooting to this is exactly what they needed. So I'm, I think that the Bucks are underrated here. I think the Bucks should be number three. Very genuinely, I don't... If you look at the Boston Celtics and you look at the Milwaukee Bucks and you're saying that the Celtics are better than the Bucks, I don't know what's happening over at NBC Sports. The person who wrote this was probably a Celtics fan,
1: but they're dreaming. Straight up. If Milwaukee has a healthy Chris Middleton, which is a very big if after last year, all those new problems he had with Malik Beasley, obviously Giannis is the freak, and Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez coming back, that's definitely a A conference final team.
0: Yeah, you look at it, Brooke and Giannis were like in the top of the defensive player of the year. Yeah, those are nasty defenders. That's a no-fly zone. Like, you're not getting past them. You have players like Drew Holiday, too, at the front. Like, it's still a great that's a great defensive defender. Team. Like you look at it, and the Bucks are probably going to be a top five defense this year, as well as they'll probably be another top five to top ten offense this I mean, year. If you have Giannis scoring thirty three a game, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the Bucks are super underrated here. They should be number three with
1: a bullet. Number five confuses me a lot, oh, and hopefully yeah. we can shed some light on that. The L.A. Lakers. So they signed Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, Gabe Vincent. And lost Dennis Schroeder, Malik Beasley, and Mobamba. I don't even remember Mobamba being on the Lakers, but. I remember him being on the Lakers. He played like maybe
0: four games, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I just more remember when he got traded to it because I remember everybody was like, oh, Mobamba, he's actually going to get like a starting role. Um, I don't understand why the Lakers are this high. I think this is just a big market type of thing. The Lakers barely did anything. And and the best thing that's happened to them was the trade that happened last year where they somehow got D'Angelo Russell. Um, they also, Rui Achimura, um is kind of proven himself on the Lakers. I'm glad that he got away from Washington, but I'm very upset at him because he ruined my Grizzlies playoff hopes. No, that was Austin Reeves. No, we don't talk about Hillbilly Kobe.
1: Yeah, I don't utter his name <laughs> around you. I don't dare. I'm, I'm just really confused at why this is so high it's probably the lebron factor yeah
0: lebron is the only player on here who i'm like all right i guess like every single year you can pencil in
1: lebron for at least 25 a game because you got to factor in a healthy ad you know healthy ad healthy lebron like he's probably gonna have that month-long injury that's kind of odd you know like a a weird hamstring kind of thing going on he's kind of takes a month off to keep him fresh which he kind of needs at this stage in his career. Yeah, he definitely does. Great player, but, you know, he can't he can't do the 82 and no, he AD can't. can't do the 82. So you got D'Lo, Hachimura, Vanderbilt it should be all right, but yeah, after the All-Star break, they went they had a pretty
0: decent record at 16 and 7. However, I you really have to question how long the Lakers can keep something like that up. D'Angelo Russell is known to be very ice cold at some points, both in a good way and a bad way. Yeah, I can't see them beating a team like the Nuggets or the Grizzlies again. With well, like why? I I understand that the Grizzlies lost to these guys in the playoffs. But Ja got hurt. Ja got hurt, as well as Ja had just come back from his first suspension. Like you look at it and you look down the line, you're not in a seven game series both teams all fully healthy i don't understand why you're not taking the grizzlies in that i also don't understand why the lakers are always rated this high like i said before i think it's just a big market thing
1: so number six on this list you got philly they got Georges niang montrez harrell oh no they lost niang and harrell excuse me and signed patrick beverly Defensive menace. Yeah, then the
0: the, the N- Nyang gang is gone from Philly. Um, I think this is a pretty good place for Philly to be. They're just going to get bounced in the second round like they always do. We have to see what happens with Harden. If he's going to get traded partway through the year, I don't know where he would get traded. One of the first segments we had when we first we're thinking about this episode was James Harden trades, and then we immediately scrapped
1: it because we're like, where can we send James it was Harden? So hard. I was trying to think of teams that need like a old, still pretty good, but sort of useless point guard. Yeah, because who's talking themselves into James Harden? Ho- James Harden right now. Oh, he hoarding that money. He's got he's got like thirty six mil a year. It's insane. He can't win in the playoffs, and he's he can still be old Harden for a bit, but the other games he's just old James Harden.
0: Yeah, I I do like the acquisition of Patrick Beverly. I think if Patrick Beverly can maybe crack into Joel Embiid's head a little bit and get Joel Embiid to maybe be aggressive. Um, obviously, Embiid coming off of the MVP and everything, too, but you can pencil in Philly for a second-round exit
1: again this yeah, year. Yeah, you definitely can. Number seven, we got Sacramento, and all they did was sign Chris Duarte. I like the kings here
0: i think that the kings kind of deserve to be around this like five to ten spot um and they're right in between the five and the ten at number seven and i think this is the perfect place for them i think they had a breakout season last year i hope they can continue it they just signed the EuroLeague mvp and i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name um, Keegan Murray's stepping up a lot. Malik Monk, Kevin Herter shooting threes like crazy. d uh, Delo d fox and Sabonis are just going to be amazing again this year. I mean, there's not much to say. They're just a very continuous team that's going to have another amazing year,
1: I think. Yeah, definitely a good up-and-coming team. And I'd say light the beam. Light the beam! I'm a closeted Kings fan. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers. They they made an interesting move. They got Max Struess from Miami. I think that could work out pretty well for them. Mm,
0: yeah. This is also where the Nyang Gang went too, right? That's Yep. Yes, it is. Uh. They lost uh, Jetty
1: Osmond and Lamar Stevens.
0: Yeah, I don't think Jetty Osmond and Lavar Lavar Stevens, Lamar Stevens are really pushing the needle for me to go, oh, I don't think they're going to do well. I think Cleveland belongs maybe a little lower, so I think they're a little overrated here. think you need to see a lot more improvement from Evan Mobley. He didn't have an amazing year last year, as well as you need to see some stuff from Darius Garland. Donovan Mitchell, obviously, you can pencil him in for 27 a game. Uh, I mean, he had that crazy insane game last year. What did he score? 70? I think he had 71. Yeah, 71 or something like that. It was insane. Um, I think that they should be around here, but I may have had them like a little bit lower. Yeah, I think this is a decent spot
1: for them. Yeah. Number nine, we got the New York Knicks, and they got the DiVincenzo man in the offseason. Why are the Knicks here? (laughs) I don't know. Can we just end this with saying, why are the Knicks here? <laughs> and because then just. Jalen Brunson. I mean, good player, but Jaylen... I think he's a little overrated, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, I like Jalen
0: Brunson's game. I just don't think that he is a. 1A option, and
1: I think that. And they don't even have a one. Like, you got Julius Randle, you got RJ Barrett, Josh Hart, but I don't know. This team, they just don't do it for me. Yeah, and Bud isn't
0: going to do any favors to this team. He's just going to run them all into the ground. Yeah. Bud is the coach for this team, right? No, uh, uh, Tom it. Tom Tibbs, Tibbs, not Bud. We went over this last night. We did go over it last night. I
1: was. And it took us about a minute to figure it out. There. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tibbs is, is going to run these guys into the ground like he usually does. But, I mean, hey, the Knicks are too high. What else is new? <laughs> Number 10, this team is way too low, the Memphis Grizzlies. Why are the Grizzlies this low? I understand, yes, John Morant has a 25-game suspension. Um, but the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are, are better d- without Jaw. Notably better without Jaw. They have it covered with Marcus Smart right now. The weakest position that you have with the Grizzlies is the three-spot, obviously getting rid of their starting their starter in Dylan Brooks. But like, why are the Grizzlies this low? They should be like roughly around number five. Like with Ja, definitely top five. Past two years, you look at their records. They are number two in the West both of those years. They get eliminated to two tough outs who went on to a conference finals. Like I don't like. They lost to the the two years ago the the reigning champions in the Golden State Warriors. In the last year, they lost to the team who lost to the champion in the Nuggets.
1: I think. Do you think people? Well, the could Lakers, be, sorry. Do you think people could be getting a bit of a Grizzlies burnout, like in March of twenty twenty two? They were the hottest team in the league. Oh like yeah. Everybody was up on up on them jaw was dunking over everybody that's around when we went to go see that was yeah the week we went to see them yeah like they were at their peak popping off right then and then the stuff with jaw happens and they get bounced in the second round so maybe people are like "Ah, i don't know about them people are disrespecting the grizzlies i mean you look at their team top to
0: bottom it's all full of studs and amazing draft uh drafting.
1: Yeah, you you're lo- welcome for Desmond Bain, by the way. Yeah. I just realized or remembered that you got him off of a pick that we traded to you. Oh yeah, baby, let's go. <laughs> um we have the
0: past two defensive player of the years on the team with Jaron Jackson and Marcus Smart. We signed a great veteran in Derek Rose this offseason. You look at this team top to bottom, we have a couple amazing like young guys with Zaire Williams, who struggled last year, but is known to be able to shoot the three really well. David Roddy, big body Roddy, and Kenny Lofton Jr., who are two amazing young guys. Santi Aldama is still on this team, and I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. I love Santi Claus. You have all these amazing players, not to mention... Desmond Bain and Steven Adams and well Steven Adams is hopefully going to be coming back once the season starts. The only notable injuries you have on this team this year are Brandon is it's it's Brandon Clark. Yeah. Who tore his Achilles I'm pretty sure. And is he coming back this year? I have heard rumors that he's coming back around Christmas. However, I wouldn't take that too seriously. I mean, rumors fly like that all the time, but Achilles is a pretty serious yeah, injury, so I would not be surprised if he came back maybe roughly game seventy of the year, or maybe even came back for the playoffs. But at that point, unless we're
1: unless we're finals bound, I say keep him keep him down. And if you are, that'd be a nice boost for you. you get jawback back after twenty five games; he's you know re- fresh, hopefully rested, can come back, be an MVP candidate, and then maybe by the end of the year, get um get him back.
0: Yeah, I it's. People are just really forgetting that the Grizzlies have always been better without Ja Morant for some weird reason. Like, you look at the team with Ja Morant, obviously an amazing team. Jaw's an amazing player. But you look at how they play without Ja, and it's so unselfish. It's so great. I'm pretty sure two years ago uh, when Ja, I'm pretty sure he had an injury. But we beat the Thunder by, like, 71 points or something I like that. I remember that night. And I remember watching that game and going... We are the best team in the league right now. I mean, obviously we're playing at that point a terrible team in the Thunder, but like they, we are just way, rated way too low on this list at number
1: ten. Yeah, I'd say put some respect on their name.
0: Yeah, I think that's maybe where we stop today. I like maybe we cover uh, eleven through twenty on the next next episode. I guess a good idea. I I, I I think we are here. So if I had to re rank these top ten, I would probably put. Phoenix 1, Denver 2. I'm putting Milwaukee at 3. I'm probably putting the Grizzlies at 4. Celtics at 5. 6, I'm keeping the Sixers. 7 for the Kings. 8 for the Cavs. Uh, And then other teams that we actually haven't talked about. 9, I'd probably put the Warriors. And then 10, I'd probably either put the Heat. Or it pains me to say this. No, it actually doesn't. I'd I'd probably put the Lakers at ten. Like I still feel like that's really high, but I mean who else is really gonna beat them?
1: Yeah, they did make it to the conference finals. Last
0: yeah, year. they did. So I can't put too much disrespect, but I'd probably put the Lakers at ten.
1: I think that's pretty fair.
0: Yeah. Um, so what do you guys think? Did we get this power ranking correct? What do you think about any of those top 10? Uh, When we come back, we're going to be redrafting the 2017 NBA draft in a little segment we like to call Muster Bust. But first, a word from our sponsors.
2: And now, a public message for the private audience from the Ministry of Department of Safe Warnings, a division of Subsidiary. Subsidiary. I'm Dr. Klatu of the Ministry of Department of Safe Warnings, Division of Subsidiary, Health Corporation, Incorporated. Good evening. Recently, we've all come out of a pandemic, which, as many of you know, means global. Although we are happy to be putting this behind us, a new ailment is starting to appear in different parts of the world. Unlike other ailments, which can cause buboes to appear under the arm, pimples to cover the body, or microchips to appear in the bloodstream, this malady causes one to view excessive amounts of science fiction dramas and analyze them to a sometimes excruciating detail. Doctors are calling this the science. Malady. Three main symptoms of this are first, overanalyzing human emotion and interaction. We call this symptom the Scott symptom. This movie needs to delve more into the human condition. Second, is ripping about military or logistical failures of a film to an almost excruciating detail. Bombers in space? Really? The final symptom is an excessive amount of rage, followed by apathy, followed by a strange love for sci-fi schlock. We call this the Rage Master. Ah! This writing is so just Abrams! You know what? I give up. I don't even care. Scott, you're right. You're right. I'm right. Or I'm wrong. You're right. Whatever! What's next? Ooh, Star Crash? Should you or anyone you know begin to exhibit these symptoms to any degree, tune in to Sci-Fi Validie Podcast to see how your illness has progressed. Thank you and good night. And we're back with Game
0: Face. Welcome back, everybody. I hope those sponsors kept you company. But we are back. Uh, to draft the 2017 draft are you ready for this i've been looking forward to this one a lot oh yeah because we are now into a segment
2: called must or bust bust or bust
0: In this segment, me and Nico are going to take a look back at the 2017 NBA draft, and we're going to basically redraft the entire thing, and we're going to ask two very important questions. Is this player still a must in the NBA, or was this player a bust in the NBA? So, we're going to start it off. So, obviously, the first pick uh, in this draft got traded from uh, Boston to Philly, um, and I, I I saw that in somebody's draft, not naming names, they decided to not
1: trade that pick. <laughs> yeah, it's my mock draft, my mock redraft. I can do whatever I want. So I didn't trade the pick. Danny Ainge traded the pick. I'm not. So... And uh,
0: with this first pick was originally Philadelphia taking Markel Fultz.
1: But you have, I guess now, Boston taking who? I got him taken my boy, armormar in his jersey. I got his shoes, Jason Tatum, the best player from the twenty seventeen draft, yeah, I think kind of with a bullet too, right yeah. like I, I I didn't even have to think about it. I didn't
0: either. I probably named the top three in my head before I even saw the draft, yeah, this is one of those
1: drafts you just remember. Markel Foltz went first, got he was injured for a while, and then he got shipped out of town, yeah, and now he's balling out in Orlando. I remember around this draft reading up before. Draft night, Markel Fultz was definitely you know the number one prospect. Lavar Ball basically told everybody, "My son is not going to play anywhere but LA." So when we traded down to number three, I'm thinking, "Who the heck are we going to get?" And then we get Jason Tatum. I didn't know who he was, but it worked out. I guess it did. I, I, I did want Lonzo Ball because <laughs> he had all that height back then. You know, UCLA. He had the weird shot, which was janky as all heck yeah but uh i'm I'm glad we got who we got
0: yeah i'm i'm also with tatum except i have tatum going to philly um i think the celtics would have still been morons and traded the pick i can't even fathom tatum in philly that's like nightmare fuel (laughs) every celtic fan hearing me say tatum on philly is shivering right now (laughs) although him and
1: Embiid. One N- might say nasty, nasty combo. Nasty combo. <laughs> um, I've been giving you grief all week. I realized that last week you said nasty combo about eight times. So. In like three sentences. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've been giving him grief all week about that.
0: Yeah. I, I had my phrase of the week. I can't wait to figure out what my phrase of the week was. I this haven't heard one was. yet. Um, so kind of moving on. The number two pick originally was Lonzo Ball. Um however obviously recently having a little bit of health issues um obviously we hope Lonzo can still play in the NBA cuz when he was in his I guess technically prime I guess he was an amazing player like amazing facilitator amazing defender
1: however I don't have Lonzo going number 2 I have somebody else going number 2 Yeah I don't have Lonzo going 2 either I've got my clear cut number 2 Best player from this draft, Donovan Mitchell. I have the exact same player, Donovan Mitchell, going to the Lakers, which is also weird for me to it's think about. Weird. I didn't even realize he was in this draft, and I'm looking at the draft like, wow, Tatum and Mitchell, like top two? Yeah. It, it,
0: you look at this draft, and you're like, oh, man, like a lot of names from this Definitely draft. a lot of names. Yeah, a lot of names that I remember, and I think it was mostly because I was doing a lot of research on this draft. I mean, this was – 2017 i was 16 at the time about to turn 27 or 27 i'm about to turn <laughs> 17 so i was like super into it and i was like yeah let's go i want to analyze all of this um but i think Spida is probably the very clear-cut number two so who, who you got num- going number three <laughs> number three going to the boston celtics is De'Aaron Fox. Um, uh I like I said before, there was a very clear cut one, two, three for me, and it was
1: Tatum Spite of Fox. Yeah, me too. I've got Deer and Fox going number three to Philly because I'm not trading the pick. <laughs> now imagine Fox and Embiid.
0: That would be that'd be something. <laughs> that would be an extreme something. <laughs> um I yeah, having him go number three, I think, is
1: just I think that's a very,
0: spot for very clear cut. I don't think he's going above Spida. However, I don't think he's going above my number four pick here. Um, I think we also have the number, the same number four pick, uh, Phoenix still doesn't know how to draft, uh, because in 2017, Phoenix picked Josh Jackson, Yuck. who I'm pretty sure is out of the league right now. I think the last time he played was for the Grizzlies, which was like three years ago. Now I've got them taking Lori Markkinen. I also have them taking Lori Markkinen. Um, I don't think in reality they would have taken Laurie Markin in, probably because they would have been burned from Dragon Bender from the 2016 NBA oh,
1: draft. don't forget about George, George Papayanis. Oh, yeah, or him.
0: Um, but I think Laurie, Laurie was really wasted when he went to the Bulls, um, just kind of
1: being this weird stand-in-the-corner-shoot-threes type of guy. He had a lot of hype in Chicago. It just didn't work out. He was a definite change-of-scenery guy. I got to see Laurie when I went out to Utah. He's a, he's a good player. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I saw him play against Dame, which, as of right now, is Dame's final game in Portland, which I thought is kind of a cool twist, huh? But Markkinen, he's definitely worth it. Like when I saw he was on, you know, their number one guy, I'm like, oh, Laurie Markkinen, you know, that might be terrible, but he's definitely come into his own out there in Utah
0: he really has I think he would like like almost like Andrew Wiggins like he just needed that change of scenery to be good
1: I think the smaller market team may help like Chicago that's suck those are bright lights over there yeah Utah it's just not as much attention on the team you know
0: yeah I completely agree I think Laurie going number four and being I guess you could say the fourth best player in this draft I think is is exactly where he needs to be.
1: It's definitely where he should be.
0: So, moving on to number five. Pardon me. Moving on to number five. Uh, we have Sacramento originally taking De'Aaron Fox. However, De'Aaron Fox went number three. So, who do you have taking... Deer, uh Who do you have Sacramento taking? They're taking five? a
1: man called Bam
0: Autobio, Yeah, I also have Bam here. Um, I think... I'm trying to picture like how Sacramento would have treated Bam. And I almost look at it like how Marvin Bagley was treated. And that's not a good thing. Not a very good thing. I'm pretty sure Marvin Bagley's on Detroit right now. <laughs> um, but I could definitely see Bam. Like Bam is obviously just like the fifth best player in this draft. I, there's only so much you can really say about Bam.
1: Yeah, fit-wise, it's terrible in Sacramento, but just talent-wise, best available player. Exactly. I think if you're here and you're
0: looking at all these teams and you're looking at all these players, you're like, yeah, you kind of have to take just the best option available here. Um, but moving on to the number six pick, uh, Orlando originally took Jonathan Isaac. Um but who do you
1: have them taking now? The man who can block anybody in the NBA, Jarrett Allen. Do we really have the same top six? Yeah, we do.
0: I also have Fro Allen going to Orlando. I,
1: I think you copied off me. I didn't. I legitimately wasn't even looking at I, yours. I put mine in last last week, and yeah, I was looking at yours. You know, okay, I didn't copy off you or anything, but I made sure you know I got it in first because I was excited about this draft. Yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, good. I, don't, I can't copy off a of man. <laughs> I, I, I think you just copy pasted mine. Uh, no, because the next pick, I'm pretty sure is different, but yeah, we're, we're, this is where we defer a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, just to kind of touch on Jared Allen a little bit, great defensive presence. I think him going down to Orlando is a good option. I mean, I'm pretty sure they chose to pick Mo Bamba at some point around here, um, either the
1: year before the year after or something like that. Like well, the song came out in around 2018, right? Yeah. Around then. <laughs> um, yeah but
0: I think Jared Allen just deserves to go here. Like I said, we're honestly just kind of more ranking at this point, who's the best player in this draft and going
1: down. Um, But who do you have at number seven going to Minnesota? So originally they took Laurie Markkinen, the guy we have going number four, as much as it pains me to say, I'm putting Kyle Kuzma here. I wasn't married to this place for Kuzma, but I think he just kind of fits there. Like, I, for so, something about him just bothers me. I don't, I don't <laughs> like him. It's purely personal. Yeah. But he does put up points. I, I can't argue with that. Last year, I think he had his best year, points per game wise. And it just feels right in putting him here.
0: Yeah. You really need to put an asterisk next to every year with him after he left the Lakers, though. Cause he's on the Wizards. So, like, I'm pretty sure I could put up points on the Wizards. (laughs) Like, somebody has to score. Well, first you'd have to get Bradley Beal to pass you the ball. Yeah, exactly. Somehow, somehow, right? Um, so, number eight. No, it, I, you didn't let me choose my number oh, sorry, seven, Nico. <laughs> come on, dude. This is my shining moment where everybody's going to hate me I, for I'm putting try- this guy this high. I'm just trying to take it from you. Um, my number seven pick, going to Minnesota, the person who I think is the seventh best player in this draft is Dylan Brooks. Um, I have Dylan Brooks going here. Um, you can call me a Grizzlies
1: homer all you'd like, but Dylan Brooks deserves to go number seven. I'm not going to call you a homer, but I am going to call you the conductor of the Dylan Brooks hype train. Yeah. Well, that's eventually going to go
0: over to you, right? I guess so. <laughs> um, Dylan Brooks, in my opinion, deserves to go right here. He made all NBA second team defense. Uh, and he's just an amazing defender. He has hot or cold streaks, but at this point, Minnesota's
1: probably saying, we're going to take anybody who can score. I mean... He's a funny player. I remember watching Grizzlies games with you, and... You're as high as anyone I've ever known on Dylan Brooks. You've loved Dylan Brooks ever since he got I, drafted. You I say. was
0: sad to see him go,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, very genuinely. But watching Dylan Brooks stand in the corner and jack up three after three after three and miss them, you got so angry. He reminds me a
0: lot of uh, Lou Will, uh, sweet Lou Williams. Sweet, sweet Lou. Where, like, if Lou Williams, like, makes his first shot, he's going, like, 11 for 12 from the field, like getting five or six assists, but he misses that first shot. He's going like two for 17. (laughs) Like that's what Dylan Brooks is. Like he just needs that confidence. And I think, especially in the playoffs, you saw this where like he lost that confidence, which means he lost his shot. When Dylan Brooks is confident, when Dylan Brooks is on, he is one of the best players in this draft. When he's hot, he's hot. When yeah. he's not, he's not. <laughs> but moving on to pick number eight, you wanted to move on pretty prematurely. I didn't, though. Pick number eight's going to the New York Knicks. Originally, they picked Frank Nittle Aquina, who actually just signed a contract with who, Nico?
1: I don't know who who do he sign with
0: the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> oh, I should know that. I'm the I'm the hornet expert. Yeah, the Charlotte Hornets expert. That, that's my bad. I was sleeping on the job. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But who do you have going number eight to the next?
1: I got him taking John Collins, which oh, he, we actually both have him taking John Collins. <laughs> he's a bit of an interesting player. Like I remember a few years ago with Trey Young, they were a big two, and then it he just kind of fell off a little bit.
0: Yeah. And he just recently
1: got traded to the Jazz actually for yeah. a second round pick and Rudy Gay. Which is still weird. I don't understand what they're doing. Like, they got Lori already. And they're putting Collins. I mean, I know he's, he's, I, he's smaller than I think he is. I you're, keep, I keep you, thinking of him as a four and a five when he's really like a three and a four. You're wondering from the wrong side because you're wondering what the Jazz
0: are doing, but they just got John Collins for a second round pick and Rudy Gay. That's because the Hawks don't know what they're doing. They're in permanent limbo. <laughs> the Hawks are a poverty franchise, yes, much like are. the Dallas Mavericks, much like the uh, San Antonio Spurs at this they gotta point. They got to get Trey
1: out of there. I say Trey to the Boston. Uh, mm. We'll give jalen brown there were there were rumors of trey going to uh
0: the lakers and also the boston celtics apparently um but i also had john collins going here i think john collins would really thrive in new york like i feel like he would be like obi Toppin before obi Toppin. you know just like a guy who can dunk yeah just like bring highlights to madison square garden that's all you're asked to do um so moving on to number nine, uh, who do you have? Originally, the Dallas Mavericks here selected Dennis
1: Smith Jr. This is where I got Lonzo going, which I think is a good spot for him under a John Collins and above you know, guys I have later. He did have a good, as far as right now, prime of his career. He just, he's been so injured, and it's such a question mark. I, I wouldn't say I'd have him any higher if he wasn't injured, but this is as high as I can put him right now. Yeah, I can totally see that. I
0: think right now, at least for me, my pick going to Dallas, OG and Anubi. OG and a Anubi. <laughs> uh, OG and Anubi is going here. Great defender. The Raptors, for some reason, want like five draft picks for him every single year at the trade deadline, which isn't going to happen. I'm sorry, Toronto. I'm wearing my Toronto Raptors hat actually right now. <laughs> I just realized. Um, but... OG's going here, number nine. Great defender, great shooter. He is the Celtic killer. Unfortunately, Um, much like Luka Doncic is the Celtic killer as well. There are a lot of Celtic killers, actually. Jimmy Butler's the Celtic killer. Steph Curry, Steph Curry. Halftime. Yeah, I mean, there are too many Celtic killers. (laughs) Man, it's almost like they're way overrated. (laughs) Um, But yeah, OG's going here, number nine to Dallas. Who do you got going? Number ten to Sacramento. Originally, they selected Zach.
1: Collins. This is where Dylan Brooks is gonna go. Okay. At least he's still like a top ten. I can get behind that. You could have had a um a draft class of Bam Adebayo and Dylan Brooks. That's not a bad haul. For going where? Sacramento. Well, I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty sure they
0: originally traded Zach Collins, but I don't think they would trade. I we're gonna say no trades are happening. These teams are just getting these players. <laughs> um yeah, I could totally see that. I have Sacramento here taking Kyle. Cool um i think he kind of fits with sacramento's kind of vibe for some weird reason just being like that overconfident type of guy um he's just he's just a california dude um and i don't think he can really go anywhere else here so moving on to number 11 charlotte took malik monk but who do you have Charlotte taking? They're taking the guy who went number one, Markel Fultz. We also have the same pick here. I'm also putting Markel Fultz there.
1: <laughs> um, why do you have Markel going here? He, he re- he's really come out the past couple of years. Like, beginning of his career, he couldn't shoot nope. at all. Some, at all. For some weird reason. Yeah, he couldn't even shoot free throws, I remember. Yeah. And then I kind of forgot him. I thought he was out of the league. And then he went to Orlando, right? Yes. Well, he got traded to Orlando. I'm yeah, he, sure. he really developed down there pretty well with all those
0: big guys down there. Oh, yeah. So, I I looked at this and I went, okay, I need to put Markel Fultz in a low-stakes, like kind of low-pressure situation where he can be injured the first three years of his career.
1: And then kind of make this resurgence that he recently has had. That makes a lot of sense because in Philly back then, Embiid got drafted, what, second overall? He missed his rookie year. Yeah. Ben Simmons comes in the next year, the six foot 10 point guard. You've never seen that before, really, other than like Magic Johnson. And then they draft Markel Fultz the next year. Yeah. A little confusing because you had two point guards. It was a weird dynamic, but we never really got to see that play out since he was injured for the first like two years of his career.
0: Yeah, I think Philly has this weird thing where they just keep drafting one position until they find a good player. I mean, they did it with centers. Three years in a row, they drafted, like, Nerlens Noel, then it was Jaleel Okafor, and then they finally got Joel Embiid.
1: I forgot about Jaleel
0: Okafor until last night when we were talking about him. Yeah, and then two years in a row, they drafted point guards, and Ben Simmons... Well, Ben Simmons was kind of a small forward, like, the first couple years of his career. Ben Simmons is a point guard. Yeah, now, obviously, he's a point guard. Well, now, obviously, he's a bench warmer, but... um. <laughs> Yeah. We got to see what's going to happen with him. Yeah. I'm interested to see where he goes this year, but yeah, Markel, I, I thought he just kind of could thrive in Charlotte much like he is in Orlando. Just keep him in blue. That's all I ask. So moving on to our next pick, Detroit originally picked my young buck, Luke Kennard. At number 12, but who do you have going number 12? I actually have them taking Luke
1: Kennard. (laughs) So you think properly rated. (laughs) Yeah, just where he should be. He's probably the best shooter in the draft. Oh, he is 100% the best shooter. It kind of pains me to say it, but I think the next
0: best one is maybe Donovan Mitchell.
1: Yeah, Mitchell and Tatum are right there. And and then Tatum right behind him. Yeah, Luke Kennard, he's that dude, the sharpshooter off the bench.
0: Yeah, I had Lonzo going to Detroit. could you imagine the the stink that Lavar ball would throw? Oh, Lavar would have hated
1: it. If Lonzo went to Detroit. We haven't heard anything from Lavar in a long time. I kind of miss that guy. Yeah. Like he he does say some crazy stuff, but he is entertaining as all heck. <laughs> he is he is hilarious. Remember when he told Michael Jordan he could beat him in a
0: one-on-one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I have Lonzo going here. Like, kind of like for Markel, he just needs, like, those first few years of his career, he was amazing. Like, he had a really, really good peak those first uh, two. I think he actually only was there for two years in uh, New Orleans. Like, if he can stick through in Detroit until then, I mean, hey, that's all you can ask for. But prayers up for Lonzo Ball. Um, Now, moving on to pick number 13, where Denver originally selected Donovan Mitchell, Um, I kind of realized this very shortly after I saw it, but could you imagine a big three of Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, and Nikola Jokic? That would be insane. That would be the best big three in the league. Like, how
1: do you combat that? They got such a steal at 13.
0: Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell were doing that, like, warring three-point thing during the bubble. Do you remember? I remember that. Like, they were just, they had, like, Fifty-point games against each other was like the best series like of that playoffs. And you look at like they could have been teammates. So I don't remember Mitchell being on Denver. Did they
1: trade him draft night? Draft night, yeah, yeah. Okay, he never made it to the locker room because I saw he went thirteen to Denver, and I go Denver. I don't remember him being a Nugget. Yeah. Um. So pick number thirteen going to Denver. Who do you have? I got my boy Derek White, which I thought was a little high, but thinking about it, he's he's come out a lot the past couple of years. We got him from San Antonio for. I think a first round pick. And then he had a decent year that year. And last year he was just a solid player. Put he solid, um I think he started for us for a bit. I think Marcus yeah. Smart got hurt. And then the playoffs he played well, he had the game series saving shot against Miami. And, <laughs> and then you guys still lost the series. We still we still <laughs> lost. But hey, we we made it fair. We uh we took a bit of pride with us. Took him to seven. <laughs> you can't get swept. Quick quick side note. Like
0: just, just because uh, th- we live in the Northeast where there are a lot of Celtics fans. And my favorite thing to hear from Celtics fans is all oh, game seven, Jason Tatum. Like, like he, he twisted his ankle. Jason Tatum doesn't twist his ankle that game. We win, we win the series. And I'm like, you were down 3-0. And then we came back. Yeah, you came back. But why were you down 3-0 to the Miami Heat? <laughs> Two words, Jimmy G. buckets, <laughs> Jimmy G buckets. Jimmy gets buckets. Um, for pick number thirteen, I have Luke Kennard going to Denver. Um, best three, like like we said earlier, best three point shooter in the draft. Uh, great guy. I'm so glad he's on the Grizzlies right now. Moving on though to pick number fourteen, the last pick that we're going to be doing here. Miami would select Bam. Adibayo, uh, who do you have going to Miami though with pick fourteen? This is where OG and Anubi is gonna go in my draft. I think you have him really low. I think uh, like Derek way above OG is crazy to me. Like,
1: <laughs> um, but you know what? Explain why do you have him so low? I don't know. It's Luke Kennard. I mean, yeah, you can make the argument, Luke Kennard. Bench guy, but he's a great shooter. Derek White, I think he's on the come up right now. And I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't get enough love from people, but he, he can put up points. I will give him that. But I I was trying to think, would I take this guy over Anubi? Derek White, I don't know. He's kind of in, he wouldn't be any higher than I'd say Luke Kennard. Like Derek White, OG Ananubi, I don't know. It's kind of toss up for me.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I can see what you're saying. Um, I have Malik Monk going here. Um, I think that's more of a properly rated... That means a kind of snub Derek White, who I don't mind snubbing him. I think Malik Monk should be here. He had a few rough years down there in Charlotte where he was kind of just a bench mob guy, but now being over in Sacramento, being probably one of the best three-point shooters on that team with Fox, I think you put him on a team like Miami, I think he's going to do exactly what Max Struess was doing this past year. Yeah, that's a good uh, comp for him. Yeah. Um
1: especially if he's on Miami. Unfortunately, that's the guy I had to snub. Like there's yeah. a, there's definitely a few snub people like, we could take this draft 17 deep. We but, probably could, but like, Malik Monk
0: was the guy I had to let go. I could if you really wanted to, we probably could have gone first round deep. We probably could have. Oh, there's but a lot of good second round picks in this draft. By game. the end of it, we're going to be like Oh, this guy who played one season. (laughs) Yeah, that's where you get your, like, Torian Prince at 14, guys. Yeah. Um, But we're going to throw it out to you guys there in the audience. Do you think that we got this right? Who did we snub? Who deserves to be higher? Who should have been lower? Do you agree with me putting Dylan Brooks at... Uh, what did I put him at 7? I know I sure don't. (laughs) No, Nico doesn't. But, if you want to let us know, you can go ahead and leave a comment below this podcast or you can let us know on the Raving Lunatic Media Discord server. Thank you for listening to this episode of Game Face. We know it was a pretty long one, but we look forward to seeing you again next week on Thursdays. So, Nico, would you like to say anything before we leave? I can't wait for next week should be a fun one should be a fun one stay hot stay sexy and we'll see you next time on Game Face